Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. This podcast was originally published on the week of April 13th and runs for approximately 30 minutes. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host, and I want to welcome you back to Seat Yourself. See Yourself is our weekly podcast covering the world of hospitality and specifically the hospitality tabletop sector within the world of hospitality. And once again, today we've got another great segment in our new miniseries, On the Front Lines. In our On the Front Lines series, we bring you conversations with industry experts from all corners of our audience. These are experts who are indeed on the front lines of the food service and hospitality industry worldwide. And they, like all of us, are finding our way through this maze called COVID-19 and looking for a way to get to the other side and are finding ways to prepare for just that, the other side of all this. And in today's episode, we stay in Europe as we speak with Copenhagen-based Zander Lorenzen Hansen. Zander is the man behind the brand Scandic Bar, which supplies glassware, bar supplies, and much, much more to bars and restaurants throughout the entire Scandinavian region. Xander is also a self-described serial entrepreneur and has another company called Mixology International. And as if that's not enough, Xander is president of the Danish Bartenders Association. And he also finds himself a frequent speaker at various trade shows like Ambiente's Horeca Academy. And you can find out more about Xander at his website. That's www.zlh.dk. And just before we get to our conversation, once again, our intention on the On the Front Lines conversations with these frontline warriors is to get their views on what's happening in their particular region. But also, we want to learn what they're doing to fight their way through this current situation for themselves and what they may be doing to help their colleagues and perhaps most especially what they're doing to help their customers. And so, as I said, this week, our On the Front Lines conversation takes us to Copenhagen. And with all that, I want to welcome Zandel Retson Henson to our program. And once again, I want to welcome my good friend, Zandel Retson Henson, to the program. Welcome to Seat Yourself, Zander. Thank you. Sandra, I, I know uh, I did a little bit of an intro as we started about you, but can you take uh, our readers through just a couple of minutes? So uh, you're on the front lines of this industry in Copenhagen, Denmark, and I want to know, uh, let people know a little bit about what you do in, in, in the Danish market and what you're all about. So before we get started, if you can give our, our listeners a snapshot of who you are and what your company does and why you're on the front lines. Yeah, well, um, so basically I only know this industry. I, I wouldn't know what else to do. Um, so luckily I love what I'm doing. Uh, well, basically in, in Denmark, I, I work within different area. Uh, on one hand, I'm the president of the Danish Barton Association. So try to help the industry as, as much as I can with the tools uh, I've been given uh, and work close to my board to, to, yeah, to help the bartenders, especially this time. And then I operate within two different companies. I, I own Scandic Bar, which is uh, one of the larger uh, suppliers of barware in, in um, Scandinavia, and own Mixology International, which is a consulting company where I work with different brands and companies when in our hospitality industry. Um, latest, I did a guest speaking at Ambiente, um, work with some of the fairs in, in Denmark, and basically try to be the bridge between uh, with, within our 
our, our, our industry. So helping with brand recognition of spirits, if new product wants to go into to Scandinavia, what, how does the laws work, and et cetera. So it's, it's, it's different areas, but all within uh, hospitality. And, and when you say Scandinavia, you're not talking about just the Danish market. You're, you're, you're covering uh, Sweden, Norway, and, and other places as well. Is that correct? And maybe even Finland. Yes, yeah, so it's basically all of Scandinavia and um, also to some extent Finland within the Nordics. Um, the laws are similar within Scandinavia, but very different from, from other countries in, in, in Europe. It can be very difficult for an American company to get into to, to, to Europe uh, since there's already a regulation on how much can be in a bottle. Like there are different sizes when it comes to American bottles and and, and 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 Europe, but also the tax laws are very different. We have a very very high tax in spirit in Scandinavia, um. So so the whole penetration point is very different from other markets. So when we're talking today about the current situation, uh, COVID nineteen, and uh, we're talking about not just the Danish market, we're talking about all of Scandinavia a little bit. And the reason I mention it like that is, is uh, as I understand that there's some differences in where the countries are. Sweden is a little bit more open and has been, and some of the other countries are a little bit more locked down. Can you tell us a little bit, or give us a little uh, idea of uh, the lay of the land of what it's like in uh, Scandinavia right now within the hospitality industry? Industry. Is it all locked down? Is it somewhat open? It's, it's closed, uh, basically. Um, from from if you look at Denmark and Norway, which is basically the same at this point, uh, everything is locked down. Uh, you see the same in Iceland, which had a, a, a more a, a stronger lockdown uh, since it's, it's a smaller country. Um, but basically, everything is is, is locked down. Um, you're not allowed to to, to meet um, since it's not a a branch that is important for the survival or which is important for, for the community is not allowed to be open. Uh, they are allowed to operate, but they cannot just open. So there are still ways to, to work, but not as a traditional way. Uh, in Sweden, it's a bit different. Uh, they are taking a different approach, but it's slowly going to the same um, ways as, as Denmark and, and, and Norway is by slowly closing down. Uh, and from the Danish point of view, the, the prime minister, she just closed everything, all large affairs, all festivals until 1st of September. So, so which basically closed everything uh, since festivals is a big uh, way of revenue for many brands and brand owners and bars uh, and bartenders. So, so right now everything is closed, but nothing is so bad, it's not good for something. So a lot of new areas is developing. So the traditional hospitality is closed, but new ways are developing. And what are some of those new ways? A lot of bars are, um, we, we already, in Denmark, we already have a strong um, order out where, you, where they deliver your, your food and everything, fast food. So they have combined with, with spirits, so you can order now um, pre-made cocktails, online master classes, uh, online cocktail classes. One of our uh, bartenders from the northern part of Denmark, he just hosted an online cocktail class, which had a huge success. Um, so a lot of new markets are developed. Some markets which, which would probably also have been coming, but are now speed up because of the situation. Um, so many bars are uh, also offering um, vouchers um, to, to, to keep it running. And there is a, a, a national mentality in, in each of the countries where um, you feel obligated to, to buy some local to keep, um, keep it running. 
Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, and, and, and I get the impression from at least the press reports, too, that Denmark and some of the countries are beginning to think about opening up and becoming a little bit more open, first of all, with schools uh, opening up and maybe secondarily uh, other museums and things like that with uh, restaurants and hotels starting to follow perhaps as long as things continue in a positive way. Is that about right? Yeah, um, tomorrow the kindergartens will open. I think we are, um, I feel lucky that um, we closed down so early and it was a strong lockdown. The borders closed to Germany and all. So, so I think that we were lucky uh, to be uh, so quickly that we can now start to look to, to open up again. Kindergartens will slowly open tomorrow. Uh, until now, they have only been open for kids of uh, people who were necessary for the um, for the government, like police and nurses and everything, uh, but it will slowly open up, and I think hospitality will op- slowly open up in two months time. I hope, um, depending on how how it goes with COVID nineteen. How are your customers? Uh, staying connected to their customers. First of all, let's start with that. What are they doing? What are some of the things that you see that um, that uh, the hospitality customers, the bars, the restaurants, uh, maybe even some of the hotels, I don't know, um, are doing to to continue to market or to keep awareness of their uh, operations to their customers? What are they doing? We've talked about uh, on some of the on, on the frontline sessions before uh, where some people have um, sidewalk billboards and some other things and they're doing online promotions and all that. But what are some of the things that they're doing in, in, in your region to connect with the consumers that, that actually are spending money in them? I think there's not one easy answer. I think we have to look at as society as, as a whole. The prime minister went out and say, buy local. Like you go out to the whole public, remember to, to support your local industry. So, so that mentality, I think, is, is going through all of it. Um, local cash and carries, which are normally only open for for uh, business to business, is now opening up for for private consumers, um, which makes it easier for some of the private consumers to, to to get the products. Bars are being honest to the consumers, saying, "Listen, we need your help. We will we'll make you drunk again. We will make you a good time, but right now we need your help." So they're offering vouchers where you get a small discount, but not, not a big one, because it's still a business run, but just being honest with the consumers that we need your help, else we will not survive this. When you say buy the voucher, they get a discount that they can redeem later when everything is opened back up. Basically, yeah. so okay. some are, are giving a, a, a discount, but there's this general theme that you get, like buy one, get one for free, but not more than that. So, so you can continue running for, for later. And, and generally, I think, People are, every, we are all in the same boat. Like they, we're all in the same boat. So we all know what's happening. We all need to work together. So there's actually a generally good feeling on how to help one another. And uh, the suppliers are talking to the hotels, to the bars. And um, I know from one, like he had a payment here coming up. It's like, can, can we postpone the month? Yeah, of, of, of course we can. He was smaller, they were bigger. So everybody's is kind of helping each other because it's, if, if we if walk alone, it's, it's, we're not going to survive this, but we work together, we will come out hopefully stronger and safer um, after all this is over. So I think there's a strong connection with the end consumer, which is private segment, but also bars, hotels, uh, suppliers, c- c- cash and carries are having a, a, a conversation on, on how, how to interact. 
um, so we can all stay ahead of it. Yeah, I think I think one of the common themes that's coming out of all all of these conversations that we're having on the front lines with people, no matter where you are, whether you're in Washington D.C., Chicago, wherever, uh, uh, is communication uh, with with vendors, suppliers, with customers. It, it's just uh, making sure that. Uh, you're communicating uh, with people that you need and will need in the future too, rather than just not talking at all. I think the the idea of communication that we're all in this together. I think people understand that, but but people want to hear from people and uh, from their from from their customers and and the vendors want to hear uh, also too. So no, yeah, on a note to that, like what one thing I've seen here is there's on, on social media um, online interaction. Uh, which is open for everybody is, is actually growing. So you see brands talking to bars, so which normally just I buy your rum to me to serve. Uh, now they're talking from bar owner to brand on an open channel for everybody to follow um, to to do some kind of interaction. Um, also, because like people are kind of bored, so they they kind of want to be entertained. Um, so there is a strong interaction with the brand uh, and the, the, the suppliers, which was normally wasn't really there because you had a I buy from you relationship where more right now we are dependent on trust, friendship, communication is, is hopefully when this is over, uh, I believe this is actually changing the way we communicate with one another um, since we are so reliant right now on the communication, as, as, you, as you mentioned yourself. Well, I, I, I think humans are hardwired for connection. And I think whether whether it's just connecting with friends and family or it's connecting as, as business partners, too, I, I think that's a really important point. And I think you're right. Social media is playing a big role now in growing and maybe even, even in importance. So, um, Xander, when we come back, I know you you work with a lot of other companies. You help them consult, whatever uh, you give it, give them advice. I want to talk about that part of your business because, as you've uh, you're a self-described serial entrepreneur, and I want to dig into that a little that portion of it a little bit. We're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, uh, we're going to hear more from Xander Ritson Hansen in Copenhagen. Back to you in a minute. See yourself is sponsored in part by Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for 100 years. Now, back to our conversation. Hi, we're back here and going to Copenhagen today on On the Front Lines with Zander Lorenzen Hansen. And Xander is the owner of Scandic Bar and Mixology International. And before we took the break, Xander, I mentioned that you you work with other companies too. You're an advisor, a consultant, a guru, uh, uh, just a, a, a master of all things in the, in the bar and hospitality industry. So right now, with some of the clients that you may have on that side of your business, what kind of advice are you giving them in terms of how they can survive and ultimately come out the other side of all this uh, COVID-19 situation? Uh, well, first, first of all, thank you for the introduction. I will see if I can um, follow. Um, well, I think it's um, we're in a new situation. Uh, I, I personally believe that nothing is so bad you can't do anything about it and you can't build something new. And I think... For many of the brands, um, if you look at Spirit, they're not making money. All the festivals here are closed. You're not making money. Um, but what you have, you have a lot of spare time. So there's new market to, to look into. So right now, I've been talking to many of the Spirit brands to, well, now you have the time to look into distribution uh, outside of the country. What, how, how does the 
different distribution channels work, what are the rules, um, look into online marketing. Um, and many of them I advise, like, I use as much money as you have. I don't, don't save the money, use it um, marketing. Um, you don't save time by stopping the clock. So, so invest in, in, in potential markets um, online right now is, is booming. So everything online is, is interesting. Uh, and, and instead of focusing on being closed right now, well, COVID will end. Um, you have a lot of big fairs, Barcom and Berlin and others. Look to what, like, are we ready for this in markets? How to invest? Um, use the time you have to, to optimize your setup. Um, normally, you're always rushed. You never uh, have time to the smaller things. So, so why not just use the time to optimize? Um, talk to your customers. Actually have a discussion with them. Online masterclasses. There are so many opportunities, depending on what kind of product you, you are selling, to interact with your consumer in traditional ways you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I, I think your your uh, message of optimism is a good one. And, and rather than, as you say, don't focus on being closed, focus on being ready to open and where you, what's going to happen uh, when you open. Because you're right, the COVID situation will end. And I think right now, from some of the conversations that we have, you get the impression that people uh, are so focused on surviving, which is normal. I, I got that. Surviving and how they're going to pay employees or keep employees after they come back and so on. But I, but I think... I think that being optimistic, I think this is the um, the one thing that I uh, know about this business, the hospitality business. The people, it's a very resilient business, and it's a very necessary business. As I said before the break, we really believe that people are hardwired for connection, and hospitality plays a major role in that connection process. Uh, after all, uh, we've said it many times, but the greatest times in all our lives are generally around food and beverage with family and friends and people we care and love. So that's where hospitality plays a major role in all our lives. And the idea of you um, communicating that message of optimism, I think, is right on, and I'm glad to hear it. Uh, it plays well in your part of the world as well. What are some of the very specific granular kinds of things uh, or tactical things besides uh, investing in marketing that people can do? Is it that speaking to bankers and landlords and, and, and their vendors, uh, some of the, the you know, manufacturer companies or supplier companies can do as well? Let's see at the positive things in COVID. Uh, everybody is more honest to one another. We are all in the same boat. Um, so, so if you have a, a spirit company where you, you get the bottles from a supplier, you have an easier time talking to them and say, listen, um, we need a better price, else we cannot uh, get more because we don't have sales. The supplier will understand because he's in the same boat. And he understands okay, they are not trying to push the price down, but they actually have a problem here. And if we want sales, we need to get a price. So, so already there, there's a supply chain where you can use that to advantage um, by being honest because we're all in, in, the, in the same boat when it comes to that. Uh, and, and you see that in, in, in generally. And I think actually for, for, for my country, what I'm, what I'm hoping with brands is they actually get financial support from the state. It's, it's not the same as what you would normally make, but you're secure. So use that. You, have, you already have securance. You will survive. Use that time to, to invest in, in, in new segments. If you only have one channel of sales, that's dangerous because if something like this happens, you're, you're screwed. So now you have the time to, to look into what other means do I have to survive? What other areas can I, can, can I survive on? Um, a perfect example is one company that makes gin testings. They couldn't do it anymore, so they did it virtual. 
send out a package, made a deal with some gin producers, send out packages in smaller ones, and then they live stream it. Perfect example on how to cope with a problem and, and finding a solution by communicating with the brands they were using in tasting. And, and they, five brands, talk together, like, what can we do? Let's make a virtual tasting. They all send it to one place, and then from there, they send it to the, to the end consumer. So uh, it's something that wouldn't normally happen, but here you started talking to one another and found a new way of business that you wouldn't normally do because before you never thought about virtual gin tasting. Like, how would that work before COVID? Now it's, it works. A quick question. You mentioned about uh, financial support from the governments, and I want to touch on that a little bit because that's a big topic here in the States um, about there's, there's lots of uh, noise about that, but very few people seem to have uh, be getting the, the, the aid itself. Uh, the money is moving very slowly, if you will, to the businesses. Is that the same case uh, in Scandinavia? Well, it's, it's very different from country to country. In, in, in Finland, they are still working on it. Um, in, in Denmark and Norway, they're doing basically the same with, with smaller changes. Um, the state was very quickly out and um, give some financial support. So if you're an employee, the state is paying 75% of your uh, employment check. The rest is, has to be covered by, by, the, by, by the company to avoid um, people being laid off, which is very nice. Has that money started to flow to those employees already? That has already covered. The banks has been told, uh, not asked, but told that they need to, to um, uh, make it easier uh, for companies to, to loan money. The state is, is helping companies like my, myself and others um, that some of our uh, fixed costs will be covered to a certain extent. And if we can prove that we are lost um, a certain amount of money, we will get some money back. It's not a, a financial support that you can gain money off, but just to to make you survive. So it's it's not a, it's not a lot, but it, this this time is like you need to survive. So the money you're getting, um, depending on the company, it varies from company to company. But basically, I think ninety five percent of the companies here will survive with the financial aid. Um, they have um, they are talking about paying back the VAT, and they're talking about giving um, state guaranteed loans. So to, to keep the money um, flowing, so to speak. I'm kind of optimist. A lot of the, like, I'm afraid for the bars in Copenhagen because of that very high rent. But if you look at the broad picture of the hospitality, um, hotels and others are, are getting a lot of help. The government really, um, I'm kind of proud, to be honest, of our how they did it. Um, it, was, it was fast. It's not a perfect system, but it, 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 it works at, at this moment, at least. We don't know what the future brings, but you, you get a lot of financial support and people, because of the they pay uh, 75% of their salary, many companies will continue hiring people um, losing money on, on it since they still have to pay for them. And if they're at home, maybe they can't work, but it's better than to fire people. Yeah, I, I think keeping keeping a, a level of optimism, I think, is really important. It's awfully the easy way is to get uh, you know get down and maybe a little uh, negative and depressed. But but I think, as I said, uh, uh, the people in the hospitality industry are incredibly optimistic, incredibly resilient, and I, I'm really ex- uh, I think that we will come out the other side and we will um, this will be good. The people that do survive, there will be some casualties, and I hate to say that, but that that is 
that's the reality. But I think the people that do come out the other side will be much stronger and you, it'll be different. And I want to talk just a couple minutes, just briefly on what you will think the other side will look like when we do start opening up. What will bars and restaurants look like? Will there be a, an immediate pouring back in of people or do you think people will be a little tentative and a little, a little hesitant? And how will that other side look when it does finally get here? Honestly, very excited to see what it looks like. Um, not that it should sound lo- wrong. COVID is, is really bad and everything. But I think actually it's, it's very exciting to see how our industry will is developing and what will happen. I think if we were to open in Denmark in, in two months' time, I think it would take three months before people are getting more into the bar. I think many will go to the bars, but there will still be... a, a um, feeling or like you still remember the social distancing so the the hawking and everything will not just come right away we we do tend to drink a lot here and and and, and <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing uh, that's depending who asks um, responsibly, responsibly of course um but 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 every country we are, we, we are social animals we, we need to interact and the bars are a great way to interact uh, and we always been more loose when there's alcohol involved so I think that will quickly come, since all the festivals are closed, which is a big deal for this in, in Denmark. I think people are craving that. Um, so I think that the social distancing will will not be be forgotten that, that quickly. If you look to a few generations before us, every major crisis in a generation will be remembered for that generation. Um, so I think it will be in us for many, many, many years. People will remember that the the crisis of 2020. Uh, but I do think that our industry will develop in a very positive way. I think uh, in on, on, a, on a general scale that work from home will be more broadly used. But most of all, social interaction through social media, cocktail classes online, you sell a kit, a shaker and a gin, and then you live stream the classes. I think that'll be huge. We already see it here. Later today, I'll be talking to the to the Nordic ambassador for balls, where everybody can tune in. Uh, later this week, I'll do the same with Crystal Head, where we will have a discussion and everybody can can tune in. So you can have a an online masterclass conversation, which will be stored on Facebook. Everybody can watch it at the same time and interact. So that whole discussion masterclass conversation will, will go online and be more permanent than traditional one, and. I think that if if you look at larger fairs, they could actually use it to an advantage. If a new fair were to host a masterclass, if they could could embed the knowledge we get from COVID to stream online, then they would get a, a total new audience within the bar industry and hospitality. So they could reach them by streaming and interacting on a social media platform where you normally would to have to be there physically, like when we met at, at Ambienta. Um, I think that will go um, almost all the way online, which I think is a, if, if, if a, a bar uh, hospitality industry, a, a fair would use that tools, I think they will come ahead of this than the competitors. So I think actually there's a lot of good things coming from this. We're learning to interact with one another on a social level, but on a, on a proper way where you actually like for the first time, it's a good thing to be social where before you were on Facebook, but you didn't really see your friends. Now you're actually interacting with them more, but on a more normal level. 
I agree with you. And I think that one other thought that I have, and I want to, I want to give, uh, I want you to be able to give our people, our listeners, uh, a way to find you. One of the other thoughts I had um, is that, you know, most <clears throat> in very difficult times, that's generally speaking when great ideas are born. And I suspect that out of this very, very difficult time. And I, and like you, I don't want to minimize it. It is very difficult. But I suspect that there are going to be some fantastic ideas, both marketing ideas and both ideas specific to hospitality be born out of this difficult time. And whether it's streaming uh, of masterclasses, uh, that kind of thing, I agree with you. I tend to agree. The way that people message and the way that they get their message out to their, their target audiences is changing right before our eyes practically. So I, I really agree with you, and I I, um, I love your optimism, Xander. You, you've always been a, been that kind of a guy for me. And I want to let you, uh, give you a chance right now. Tell people how they can find out more about you and about the companies that you have. Where can they go? Google is always easy. Um, well, basically, scandalicbar.eu, uh, where I have my barware company. Um, and but it's it's basically just a brand. A supply, I help Scandic Bar is. Um, supplying only wholesalers, but I work with the bartenders. So if you're a bar a bartender somewhere, uh, I often work with them, sponsor them. I, I, I do master classes. Will the will the classes that you just mentioned a minute ago will they be on, uh, linked on your website? Uh, it will be soon. Yeah, we just uh, changing everything to 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 optimize it for for COVID. Uh, Settlelh.dk. Um, we have my personal portfolio. Uh, Mixology International is is getting an update. So it's it's uh, Mixology.nu. Is, is being on Friday, I think, online again. Uh, and else, um, I, I love LinkedIn. Like Social media is, is, for me, very interesting to work with since, especially now, it's, it's the only real ch um, channels to work through. Well, there's always a lot going on with Xander, that's for sure. Ne never a dull moment. Xander, I really appreciate your time and joining us today. One last thing. Any, any last words of advice you'd have for uh, listeners to, uh, to our podcast series on the front lines? We are in a shitty situation. That's the fact. But there's so much, so many opportunities being developed each day. Smaller ideas, which would normally not survive in, in an already set uh, industry, has now the chance to to build new road. So I, I think if you're a, a bar, a, a supplier, a branch, a cash and carry, look to what is happening within the industry because after. COVID, um, the whole supply chain, the whole way we, we interact will, will change on a fundamental level. So look to what's happening and, and, and be open-minded. And, and don't be afraid to, 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 to burn your fingers. Like um, now is the time for trials and errors. I really appreciate it. It's great advice. And you've always been uh, that forward-looking guy. And you have been again here today. Great advice for our listeners. Xander, thank you very much. And uh, let's keep in touch. And if anything big happens in the Scandinavian region, be sure to let us know. Thanks again for being with us today. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's episode as we continue our On the Front Lines mini-series. It's really been interesting learning that no matter where you may be in the world, how similar our situations in this world of hospitality really are. And just as interesting for me is how much people all over the world realize that, as an industry, we are all in this together. And as we continue our conversations in our On the Front Line mini-series, we'll keep bringing you the thoughts and the comments from industry experts from all corners of our listening audience. 
So again, I especially want to thank Xander Loritzen Hansen for joining us today. Be sure to go to Xander's website. And then once again, that is www.zlh.com. I'm Dave Turner, and we hope to see you here next week on Seat Yourself with our next episode in our On the Frontline series. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com. Mm-hmm.